Well, I invite you to turn uh, to a passage of Scripture, uh, John 17. If you have the if you have the Pew Bible or the Black Bible there by your feet, you should find it on page 903. John 17. We're in the middle of a series we're calling Knowing Jesus. So seeking to know Jesus more, not just intellectually, but, but really know him personally. Uh, and, and we've been taking two weeks to look at, at the praying of Jesus, particularly focusing in on this one prayer in John 17. It's the longest recorded prayer we have of Jesus uh, as he prays for us. And, and we get to take in how... How is it that he's, he's praying? And we get to know the Savior better because of it. So last Sunday, we looked at the first portion of the, of the passage, and now we'll pick up at verse 13 and go to the end of the prayer. So let's, let's listen to God's word. John 17, beginning at verse 13. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself so that they also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me uh, through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that I have given, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O oh, righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, uh, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Well, let's pray together. Father, we pray that as your word's been read and now we, we hear it uh, taught and proclaimed, Lord, you would use it to show us uh, who you are, uh, the love of the Savior for us. Uh, we pray, Lord, that you would refresh and build up and strengthen uh, even those gathered here, uh, even us, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. There is, there is something very powerful about listening to someone else pray for you. Have you had that experience? 
listening to someone else pray for you, and it just is, is powerful. Um, I, I will confess it plays a pretty significant uh, part in my own life. Uh, some of you know that, that Maggie and I met when we were both students at Westminster Seminary. And for three years, we just kind of passed each other in the hallway and sat at other ports, parts of the classroom and, and so forth. But, but then we ended up in the same prayer group. Uh, once a week, they would they would do that, and uh, you'd gather a group of students with a, a professor and just, you know, share prayer requests and pray for each other. And there was one particular week uh, when I was scheduled the next day to, to, uh, to go and, and speak at, at uh, my old college, and uh, it was kind of weighing on me, uh, going and kind of bringing God's Word to a Christian group, and, and, uh, and I asked for prayer. Uh, and, and Maggie was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pray for that. And then I heard her pray for me. And, and, you know, I got finished, and I'm like, wow, I, I want to know this person better. I want to be with this person. Something powerful about hearing someone else pray for you. Now, take that same prayer meeting. Uh, you're there, and imagine Jesus is there. And you have that request that's weighing on you. Uh, and, 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 and nagging your heart. And Jesus prays for you. Imagine that. Imagine listening to him lift your need up to his Father. Do you, do you think listening to Jesus pray for you would have you walking away saying, I think I want to know that person better. I think I want to be with that person more. Well, essentially what we have in John 17 is, is we get to listen to Jesus praying for us. Uh, whether it's him praying for the 11 disciples in front of him, but by extension, it's praying for all of us, and part of the prayer is explicit. Uh, he's praying for us, his people, and we get to listen in. And we get in the process to know him better, his heart, uh, his love for us, his compassion. Uh, we get to know him better. So let's, let's take a look at this. Uh, at the second half of the prayer, the first half we looked at last week, we said it was primarily two main requests in the first half. Jesus praying uh, th that the glory of God would shine forth in his work, uh, and also praying, uh, as he transitions to praying for his people, uh, praying that we would be guarded. Uh, Father, keep them, he prayed, right in the midst of a dark and hard world. And here is, here is Jesus praying, keep them, Father. Uh, guard them, protect them. Uh, and now he continues to pray for his people. Uh, and we'll break it down into, into three uh, key prayer requests. They're listed in your bulletin there. Uh, what we're going to, in the back, this, you'll see the outline. What we're going to do, though, is look at the first of those three uh, in, in pretty significant detail. And then we'll mention the second and the third kind of quickly. And then we'll have a little bit of time to kind of kind of put all the pieces of the prayer together and see how it helps us know him. So let's take the first, uh, the first of these uh, second half of the prayer, prayer requests. Jesus praying for us to be set apart, to be set apart. Uh, it's that language of sanctify. Uh, it shows up in verse 17, as Jesus says to the Father, sanctify them in the truth. Or John 17, verse uh, 19 uh, for their sake, I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. Uh, that, that word sanctify, it's the same as the word consecrate. 
Uh, it, it comes from the from the root of holy, to make holy, uh, or to be set apart. Same idea. To make holy, uh, to be set apart. Jesus has already used that word holy to describe the Father. That's back in verse 11. He, he says, holy Father. Uh, so when we talk about making holy, uh, the, the epitome of holiness is God himself. Uh, there's, there's the absolute fundamental description of God. He is holy. What did we sing earlier in our service? Uh, but holy, holy, holy. Uh, taken from that scene in Isaiah 6 and again in Revelation as, as the throne room of God. What do the angels sing to one another uh, about God? That he's holy, holy, holy. Uh, that God is um, completely different. Uh, completely other. Uh, that he is majestic uh, in purity, in majesty, uh, in spotless perfection. Uh, so holiness prim- fundamentally refers to God. So then for a, a created thing to be holy is for that created thing to be set apart for God. Uh, to be set apart for God. Or to be consecrated. Uh, or to be sanctified. Same idea, same word. To be set apart for God. And you could, uh, you could see how that idea of being set apart for God kind of intertwines two different notions together. Uh, it intertwines the, the notions of being set apart for moral purity and for mission purpose. Uh, to be consecrated or set apart for God means to be set apart for moral purity and mission purpose. Uh, just think about those real quickly. Uh, for, for moral purity, what God does is he makes his people more and more set apart or holy in our actions, in our words, uh, even even in our thoughts. Uh, That here is is God who himself is spotless, uh, and that what he's doing in his people is making us more and more like him uh, in our actions, in our words, in our thoughts. Now, we we need to remember and remind ourselves uh, that, that no one becomes a believer uh, by doing things uh, themselves. No one becomes a Christian, gets adopted into God's family uh, by, by doing enough holy things or achieving a certain level of moral purity. That is not how you become a believer. Um, uh, it's not, okay, you want to be a child of God? Now uh, make yourself more holy and then you're in. No. Uh, It's not what the Bible teaches at all. Uh, To become a child of God is completely based on what Jesus does for us. We just just received the the free gift of of salvation by faith. What what did Barbara and Ricky confess uh, uh, from the truth of Scripture? That that they're trusting not in themselves, Mm -hmm. but in Jesus Christ alone. Right There's the core of the the gospel. so when we're talking about God making us more holy, it's not making us more holy so that we can be his children, so that we can be uh, in his family or be saved. No, it's, it's actually quite the opposite. Or maybe we could put it this way. We don't change to become his, uh, but because we are his, we are changed. Right? Maybe, maybe we say that again. We don't change in order to become his, but because we already are his by faith, we are changed. 
And that's what Jesus is saying. As he prays for, for his people, he prays that we would be more and more set apart in our actions and thoughts, uh, reflecting his holiness in moral purity, but then also in, we could say, mission purpose. Um, here's language we read from, from 2 Corinthians uh, 5 this morning. Chris read a few minutes ago. Uh, there, Paul was saying uh, that those who are alive in Christ, uh, what did he go, go on to say? He said that they might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. So that those, those who belong to God, so that they might no longer live for themselves, but live for him, live for the Lord. Right? It's a, it's a new mission. It's a new purpose. Uh, before, it's, it's all about serving self. Uh, but now it's in Christ, because we are his, now we have this new purpose, this new mission. We are set apart for God uh, to serve him, uh, to be co- consecrated uh, to him, set apart for him. And that's, that's not just a calling for a few specialized individuals, like the, the 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 pastor or the missionary or the or the elder, okay, they they do that set apart for God thing. No, actually, that's that's every believer. All right, Jesus is praying this prayer for all His people that they will be set apart. Uh, you heard uh, Ricky and Barbara take that uh, take that vow again, f- reflecting the Scripture. They promising that by God's strength and grace, they would strive to serve Him with all that is in them. That they might no longer serve themselves, but serve him, uh, uh, but serve him with all that is in them. Uh, Whether it's in the church, or whether it's uh, in our families, or in our work, uh, or in our neighborhoods, it's more and more God setting us apart for him, that we might, in work, no longer serve ourselves, but serve him. In our families, might no longer serve ourselves, but serve him. Uh, In our neighborhoods, uh, and in our churches. So, uh, this set apart for the Lord, moral purity, mission purpose. A few more things to notice about Jesus' prayer. That he calls us to be set apart in this place. He emphasizes that. So, uh, verse uh, 18. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And what was true of the original disciples is is true of us. Jesus has us and sends us into the world. In other words, when we become his, he doesn't take us out of this age, uh, out of this world. He, even though uh, it's dark and ugly here, he keeps us here for a season. Uh, not just so that we can be here to imitate the darkness that's around us. Uh, no, no, Jesus even says uh, that, that when we're connected to him, we're, we're no longer of the world. It's similar to the way he was not of the world. Uh, But yet we remain here, right? Set apart in part means that we're set apart in this place. So we're here, but we're not like here. Uh, We're in the world, but not of the world. That's Jesus' prayer for us. And it comes, Jesus says, through the word of truth, that we're set apart through the word. Uh, So verse 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Uh, where he brings it up again in verse 19. As he says, uh, for their sake I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified or set apart in truth. 
Right? God sets us apart in, in the truth, according to the truth, by the truth. Um, maybe as you, as you hear us talking about right, this life of being set apart, maybe you're thinking, okay, well, what, is, what does that look like? Right? What, do, what do I do? What, is, what does it mean? What does it look like practically to be set apart for God? Do I just kind of make it up as I go along? Do I just kind of go with what feels like the lovey thing to do? Uh, no, God, God tells us. He tells us. He sets us apart through the word. Uh, he uses his truth as it's given to us in the, in the written word of scripture. Uh, to, to It's the means by which he changes us and guides us into what this looks like. Uh, that's why that's why we're we're encouraged to not just come on one Sunday and and learn the, the scriptures together, but keep keep coming back. Why? Because we need to be guided uh, in truth and fed with the truth. That's why we try to read our Bibles as much as we can, even a little bit day by day, because we need this truth uh, to God to continue this work of setting us apart uh, and and guiding us in that way of no longer living for ourselves but living for Him. Set apart through the word, through Christ. Uh, It's important to notice how so much of this uh, this work of of God's people being set apart is bound up with Jesus' work. Uh, So, for example, uh, verse 14, it's Jesus who gives us the word through which we're set apart. Jesus gives us the word. Uh, Or verse 16, we are not of the world because he was, Jesus was not of the world. Uh, and verse 18, we were sent into the world because Jesus was first sent into the world. In other words, uh, we do this because he did it first and because we're connected to him. Uh, this, this calling and this work of God to be set apart for him, you and I don't have the strength to do that in ourselves. If this seems really hard, even impossible, you're thinking, I can't do this. Well, you're right. We can't do this. But it's not just us, me by myself, you by yourself. Uh, but it's it's you connected to the raised from the dead, Holy Spirit power giving Jesus. Uh, and, and, we're, and we only have this calling and connection to him. So we have his strength uh, at every step of the way. And it's a good call even a joyful one. And that's where we want to, when, the last thing we want to notice about this prayer is that we're set apart for joy. Uh, look at verse 13. Jesus says, But I'm coming into the world, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Uh, I wish we had time to kind of review everything we talked about a couple weeks ago. If a couple weeks ago we talked about the joy of Jesus, and we were back in John 15, and there John 15, Jesus is talking about his joy, his joy that comes in, in resting in his Father's love and doing his Father's will. And he, he called that his joy. And then he says how he's going to give that joy to us. And he, he, he turns it into a prayer here. Uh, he says, I'm doing all this so that my joy might be fulfilled in them, so that we might have Jesus' joy. The very joy that he said comes from resting in the Father's love and doing the Father's will. Now Jesus says, I'm going to give them 
my joy. Which is, which is a good, important thing to, to, to take to heart because sometimes this whole business of being set apart for God, it, it can, can sound maybe a little like drudgery or, or, or maybe it can feel a little bit like, oh, is Jesus kind of like taking all the fun out of life? Uh, it, it's good for me, uh, but it doesn't feel very exciting. Well, listen to what Jesus is saying. He's saying bound up with this calling is receiving his joy. That this is the way to real, true, lasting uh, joy. And, and, if you, and if you don't believe me, try it. Try it. See, see if, if God does not indeed, this road of, of being set apart for him more and more, doesn't produce far more joy in you than, than living for yourself ever did. And if you don't, and if and you can try it, there's one. But you can also, at the same time, maybe talk to someone who's who's done it for a bit. Uh, find another believer who's walked with the Lord, maybe a little longer, uh, and and they'll tell you. They'll tell you. Oh yeah, things are hard. It's not easy, but it's far more joyful than any alternative. Uh, set apart for Him, uh, Jesus praying for us uh, that that we would would more and more. Uh, this calling and would take over uh, in our lives, set apart for him uh, through Christ uh, in the world, not of it, uh, for his joy. So there's the first petition. I told you we'd take more time with that. Then we'll mention the next two just briefly and try to then bring everything together. So the next two things that Jesus prays for. He prays that we would be joined together and brought near. Joined together. Uh, verse 20, 21. I do not ask for these only, but for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, so that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So here's Jesus. He's praying for every believer down through the ages, uh, praying that God's people would be unified, would be, would be one, that all these different kinds of people brought to faith, wildly different kinds of people. Uh, from the world's perspective, polar opposites, uh, incompatible people uh, from, a, from a, a world perspective, but brought together and made so unified that it actually reflects the unity of God, uh, the, the unity of Father, Son, and Spirit, uh, and a unity so, so amazing that, that the watching world takes note and says, where did that come from? Right? These wildly different kind of people, this normally causes all kinds of hostility uh, and division. And yet, and yet here's this unity. This, this couldn't have come in any normal way. This had to come from somewhere outside of this world. Uh, and Jesus says, yeah, I will testify to the fact that there was something outside of this world that broke in. Even Jesus being sent from the Father uh, to gather us to, to himself. Jesus prays for that kind of unity. It's his heart, his passion, his prayer for the Father. Then, uh, finally, his final prayer, that we would be brought near. Now, we did a, we did a whole sermon on this back in November. Uh, if, you're, if you're intrigued by what we say, go back and we can go to the whole study. But verse 24, it's so powerful, we just can't overlook it. Jesus Praise Father, 
I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory. So here's Jesus. He's praying for all his people. And his prayer is that we would be with him and would see his heavenly glory. So maybe maybe it, 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 it sounds familiar, the idea that, okay, Jesus dies on the cross for us. Uh, he forgives our sins through faith. And, and so gee, that, that allows us to go to heaven. Maybe that sounds familiar. I wonder how often we, we kind of put it in those terms. Jesus does this, and that, and that allows you to be with him. But notice how Jesus says something here that's far more than just, you're allowed to go. Jesus says, I desire that they be with me. I want it, Father. I desire it. It's, he's expressing the deep longing and passion of his heart that all his people you believe in me. He's saying, I want them with me. And you see the heart of Jesus for us. Okay, so start to put the pieces together. We started off saying how powerful it is when you hear someone else pray for you. That's a powerful, powerful thing. Uh, sometimes that, that powerful, uh, the powerful aspect of that, uh, hearing that prayer for you, is when you hear someone else articulate the very request that's already on your heart. Right? So the very thing you already know you need, and you listen to someone else pray for you. Uh, that's powerful. But sometimes uh, you have someone else praying for you, and they start praying for something, and you think, I, I didn't ask them for that. I, that. That thing they're praying for, that actually wasn't even on my radar screen. But now that I hear it, that's, that's, that's something bigger than I, than I would have asked for. But, but wow, God could do that? Uh, so sometimes the power comes, we hear something, somebody pray for exactly what's on our heart, and then other times uh, we hear someone praying for something even bigger than we would have asked, uh, and, and, and that hits us too. And what we have in John 17 is Jesus doing both of those. Doing both of those. Uh, so... So the, the request we focused on last time really is the Jesus praying for that thing that's really already on our hearts. Jesus praying for, for us to be, to be kept, to be guarded, to be protected. Uh, isn't that the very thing that's, that for, for most of us is already weighing on us, uh, right? We feel anxious a lot of the time. We, we can feel fearful. We can look at the, the world around us and it seems hard and difficult and, and threatening. And, and we already feel this need to be, to be protected. And we get to hear Jesus praying for that very thing. The very thing that's already weighing on us. Jesus goes to the Father and says, Father, give it to me. Protect me. Keep me. So we hear Jesus praying for exactly what's already on our heart. But then he goes on to pray for things that maybe weren't on your radar screen at all. But as you hear Jesus articulate them, can you see that, wow, maybe this is bigger than you ever imagined. Jesus praying uh, that, that, that you would be, would be set apart for him. And maybe, maybe you just walked in and woke up this morning and walked in and you're just thinking on, Okay, I gotta get through this day. I gotta, I, I gotta make it. I gotta just kind of survive another day. Uh, you're just thinking about getting through. 
But now Jesus talks about something so much bigger than just surviving. He's saying, Lord, I want them set apart for me. So that they, so they look like me and they, and they reflect my love in the world and the, so that they have my joy. That's probably something bigger than was ever on your radar screen when you woke up. But can you see? Wow, that's big. God would do that? Or, or Jesus praying that we would be one in such a way that the world is impacted by it? Wow, that's, that's bigger than I thought. God would even do that? Uh, or that final request, hearing Jesus say, uh, I want them, Father. I desire that they would be with me. Right? Jesus praying for you. I want him. I want her to be with me. Jesus praying that for you. You probably didn't wake up thinking of Jesus praying for that, but now that you hear him praying that for you, does it, does it, does it hit you? Do you see that, that maybe this Jesus is bigger than you ever thought? Maybe his heart for you, and of course the Father's, this is all according to the Father's plan and the Father's delight. But the Father's love for you is this big? Uh, that's what you see. You get to know uh, this God better. And it's good to remind ourselves, this, this isn't a dream or a, or a wish. Uh, this is a prayer that the Son prays and the Father answers. And he is answering. It's also good to remind ourselves that that this isn't your to-do list for this week. This is Jesus' prayer, not your to-do list. Now, you will be active in it. it, will, it as God, as the Father answers, you're going to be drawn in, and, and you're, going to be, you're going to be active. But, but this is, this is the, Jesus' prayer that the Father will answer. Uh, so, so focus on what he will do, and you just respond based on his, based on his strength. And most of all, most of all, just feel the power of this Jesus and his heart for you. And say to yourself, wow, I, I want to know this person better. I want to be with this person. Because I see what he's doing is both exactly what I, what I know I need, and maybe he's even doing something bigger than I ever imagined. And how amazing is that? Well, let's pray. Father, we, we pray that you would... You would hear this prayer of your son. We know you do, and we can, we can see you already at work around us. Uh, and we do pray that you would continue that good work in us and bring it to completion. Uh, based on your grace, strengthen and equip us. But we do ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.